He fished in his pocket and pulled out three small diamond spheres. It had been a long, long while since he saved anything of his wages, but he'd held on to these, thinking, worrying. They glowed with stormlight in his hand. Did he really want to know? Gritting his teeth, Tef moved closer to Kaladin's side, looking down at the unconscious man's face. You bastard, he whispered. You storming bastard. You took a bunch of hanged men and lifted them up just enough to breathe. And now you're going to leave them? I won't have it, you hear? I won't. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book one, The Way of Kings. Spoiler warning for chapters 37 and 38 of The Way of Kings. If you haven't read that far in the book, I would suggest going back and reading. And if you have read that far in the book, then you are in the right spot and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And with me, as always, is my faithful guard that keeps all the death spread away. It's Jack. What's up, dude? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? What did you think about that scene when Kaladin's like dying uh, and the Death Sprinter like crawling towards him and Sil's standing there in her like well, storm lighted okay. like beautiful glory with a sword? It's so awesome. Okay, so this this is amazing. So this this event I couldn't help but think because it doesn't really take that uh, much real estate on in terms of the writing. No, it's but very short I w- uh, chapter. But, but, but 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 I was thinking well and and even uh, more specifically when it's describing Sill and these death spread on Kaladin, mm-hmm. um, uh, it 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 for me sort of became very cinematic that that while he's having a battle unconsciously and others are concerned about him coming into the barracks that there's this other battle going on right um, between this you know this little you know sprite like character. And these deaths spread all around her. So I was immediately imagining, you know, an episode of a TV show or something. And, yeah. and there was a full on battle going on, but on Kaladin's body yeah. between, between this little firefly character and, uh, and these death spread. So I was, I was loving imagining that. But, One uh, of the things I thought about, um, when reading this, this, this time with you is I'm, you know, I have to, I have to put my Jack hat on. Like, how is Jack going to think about this? So uh, I'm, you know, we're seeing this tiny little sill fight these tiny yeah. little death spren. And as a, yeah. you know, a human sized person, it seems kind of cute. But then if you're sill and you're her, standing on cal's chest there are these like mm-hmm. monstrous like death right. eater or um what's the thing from uh harry potter the um the death like these eaters. wraiths not death eaters yeah i don't mean death eaters but i mean uh the um the big floaty black suck your yeah soul out from the kiss yeah the de- yeah that's the death eaters i think the death eaters are his uh, are voldemort's like sidekicks like his uh um oh the uh see uh, you can't this is why you can't make a reference without actually having the info in your holster because then you just shit the <laughs> fucking bed because they reminded just... me of like the they made me think of like her facing off like um uh like vigo in lord of the rings fighting wraiths on the the hilltop you yeah. know what i mean she's yeah. got the sword it was, and these, this, it was like, a... dark things are coming at her and yeah it's an it's an epic battle going on, on another uh, not really plane of existence because no, but but, but in a way it, it it is another plane yeah. of existence because most people in Roshar can't see the Spren right, so it's an invisible battle. Like Kaladin can see it and the Rock can see her. Yeah. Um, but by and large, when people are coming in to pay their respects, they don't know that this epic battle is going on. 
right, between, right. between this little character. I, I just I just thought it was a very, very interesting little scene. It was something that I uh, enjoyed creatively. And of course, this scene is actually not chapter 37. This is 38. Yeah, yeah, that, we yeah, skipped ahead a little talking bit about, right? Well, actually, we okay, skipped, so we skipped ahead a whole ahead. lot. <laughs> so, well, we skipped an entire yeah. chapter, which we tend to do. Yeah. So we, we actually are covering today chapter 37 mm-hmm. of part three. Yeah. Uh, Sides. Part three, of course... Yeah, so chapter 37, Sides, part three, still entitled Dying, so I'm still nervous. Yeah, you are. You, um, as to what's going to happen. Um, so we this. have the little image here before the chapter. Um, it okay, is, uh, on before 37. Yeah, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have that picture? Um, I'm just going to flip to it now. I do have it, yes. Yeah, it's the shale so bar, depicted... Kremlings, a shale snail. Mm-hmm. Um, these are really cool. I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the the art within the book. It's just cool. Um, one of the Absolutely. things I want to, one of the things I want to right off the bat talk about here is, yep. um, at the beginning of uh, chapter 37, we get five and a half years ago yep. and another flashback. We're getting mighty, mighty close to when Kaladin joins up with Amarim's army. Yeah. When that's we, right. when He's we now meet him 15. in the shattered plains, sorry, say that again. He's now 15. Um, right. uh, in this and his brother Tien is, I think 13 right. at this point, five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And we, so, and we know that he played, um, or he, we know that, um, that Cal was in the Amram's army for five years before he got to where right. he so is. Dang, da- yeah. Dangerously close. So we're, so five and a half years. Six, yeah. So we're six, like six, six months, months away. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From, from stuff happening yep. from, yeah. So, so just well, stuff happened of timeline and. You know what? If you uh, don't stop and smell the whatever once in a while, you're going to end up fighting (laughs) death's friend to save your your bud. So make sure you fucking smell those roses. I I caught something. Yeah, I caught... caught, Or or smell the rock... uh, Smell the the rock rock buds. buds. (laughs) Smell the rock buds. Yeah. Um, I caught something interesting at the beginning of this chapter, chapter 37. So... um. Uh, so, so Tien is again saying, look at this rock, Kaladin. Yeah. Um, it changes color when you look at it from different sides. Um, and of course he's showing his mom and his mom is saying something kind of playful, like perhaps it's magical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she again, says, uh, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, again, it's, it's this whole idea of like, you know, Tien is, uh, looking at it and things don't always appear the way they are, right? So we, we covered that last time, but but here again, you've got it again, that, that theme kind of coming at you with Tien looking at things differently, showing uh, Kaladin, showing his mom that, you know, things aren't always what, what they seem. Doubling um, down on themes. Oh, carrying it over to a new chapter. Well, I just, I just think, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if it's conscious. I, I'd like yeah. to think that it's, it's conscious. It's... Uh, it's in the text, and I, oh. I really like. Uh, I really One of the like... things it does for me, for sure, and I've said this to you before, um, this whole stuff with Tien and his love for the um, little spider thing in the in the fields and the rocks, um, it shows us mm-hmm. that he's still a little boy, and he's a playful little boy, and he has a really great imagination, and and for me, it shows his innocence, like he. Um, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's your little brother. You know what I mean? He's your little sister yeah. who, yeah. who, who like, who makes you happy when you're blue. And like, he's just this like light of shining light of hope in this family. Right. Like he's, he's great. Mm-hmm. Tian's awesome. So Cal is sitting um, yeah. on a stool peeling long roots. So, and apparently yeah. their family is, is, uh, are eating these long roots, which are kind of a pain to prepare. They're kind of dirty and, um, uh, it's not exactly uh, the most uh, tasty meal, let's say. No, it's not. Um, but uh, well, I'll, I'll to, mention long roots later on in the info dump. They're pretty fucking gross. They're, but, they're uh, pretty yeah. gross. But they're but they're having they're having to do this out of necessity because the uh, the bright lord, of course, this new bright lord that's come into town um, into Hearthstone, and he is you know taken over from Wistio after Wistio has has died. Yeah, and and this. This guy is a real piece of work. This is Rashon that we're talking about. Yeah. You get a big this, sample size of him this time. Last time you were like, oh, oh he's yeah. kind of a dick, but, you know, maybe oh, he's yeah. just bitter that he had to live here. And But now you see he's a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what, you know, and this, um, 
so they're having to live this way because he, again, from the previous chapter that we covered, um, his, uh, basically requested that um, everybody in town uh, not uh, pay the surgeon, to not pay his dad, Liren. Um, so they're, they're financially sort of, um, or like going through financial hardship, but you find out some amazing things that even though they're going through the hardship and even though the people are listening to this new bright Lord, they're also coming around and giving them food. Right. They're like undermining Roshon's, uh, authority a little bit by smiling to him, but then also still being like, Hey, here's some food or yeah. (laughs) There's, there's some really neat things here with, um, Tien in the beginning saying, uh, to his mom, like, do, do Spren live in rocks? And his mom says, you know, Spren lives in everything. Um, and I was thinking for a second, um, if they live in everything, like, are they in people? Like, are they in, yeah. are they in the characters themselves? Well, um, let me, let me read you here. It says, um, she says, oh, they live in everything. And then Cal's like, they can't live in everything. And then she yeah, says, they do. I'm getting to it. I'm Spren getting to appear, it. She's like, Sprint <laughs> appear when something changes. Something changes. When yeah. fear appears or when it begins to rain, they are the heart of change and therefore the heart of all things. That's a pretty cool line. I, I mean, the Sprenner is such a, like a clear and evident little piece of this story. And so we, you know, it's, it's nice to get some, some insight on what they are and like, you know, like what role do they play in, in people's day-to-day minds, right? Like we know right for us, it tells us, oh, when someone's angry, we can clearly see it because there's anger Spren. But like, what do these people think of these things? Like what, what is it to them? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I know in our world, we would probably like create a whole religion based on these things if we saw them everywhere, right? Like human beings More than here likely. on earth would I lose mean, their uh, fucking one, mind. <laughs> no, not, not just one religion either. We'd, we'd have a whole... Uh smorgasbord (laughs) yeah yeah we'd have a religion and it would be fine for a while and it would like literally take over most of the world and then they're like little sects of that religion would turn you know anger sprinter better than wind sprint and bullshit well and it's funny because after after this after this wisdom coming from the mom tn says well they can't live like like dung sprint like are there you know (laughs) yeah i love this yeah dung sprint so he's you know giggling it's just like a little 13 year old boy or like do you think there's did, shit spren? Do you think that's of all the spren I, that we have in this world? It's well, as far as I'm concerned, if Brandon Mr. Sanderson writes it in in the novel, it exists. Yeah. And the and the word dung spren was written, so It's true. It's true, but I don't personally <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that actual there shit are dung, or dung actually has spren, <laughs> but I believe that like anticipation spren and exhaustion spren, I think there is not shit spren, but taking a shit spren like when you when you take a shit oh my like god there's spren that like appear oh, no. and they're like angry faces they're like, like this is the uh, colonic episode for all of you out is, there listening yeah to, sorry the, to this uh, toilet humor <laughs> i mean kevin smith made a, a career on it <laughs> yeah, he certainly did yeah um so yeah, Cal's 15, we get this, Cal's 15. I like, I, I like this idea that Cal says here, he says, most boys his age, he's just kind of reflecting a bit here, and he says, most boys his age know what their future is going to be. Right. They've already decided to be a carpenter, but he, he didn't. Or a farmer, or... He, he's, you know, he's, he's still trying to make up his mind. I mean, he's, he thinks he's made up his mind, he's, he's pretty sure that he's going to become a soldier, he's 15. Yeah. Um, he can volunteer when the next recruiter comes into town. So it seems that that has settled. That yeah, he tells his mom to... he, that he's especially curious about the world because he wants everything to make sense. Yeah, and his mom smiles at that. Yeah, she, um, I have a quote and here. Then... She says, um, well, next time the Ardents come through town to burn prayers and elevate people's callings, I'll pass along the message. I'll pass the message along. Until then, yeah. keep peeling roots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get the mom here. I really like the mom. I like Hasina. She's awesome. Yeah, she's cool. So Kaladin goes out to set these um, long roots outside um, to take out a uh, a batch of these things, and he uses yeah. this opportunity to get away. 
and he sets out on yeah, the streets a of Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, he's uh, going around to Mabrow Pig Herder's house and comes across a stand of stumpweight trees. Right. Which grow, uh, this, this is interesting, they, these stumpweight trees, they grow about as tall as a man and they only have leaves on their leeward side, only on one side. Mm-hmm. And as Cal approaches, they all retract. I love that, making a yeah. whipping sound. Yeah, he says they run and, along the length of the tree like the rungs of a ladder. Like they're like mm-hmm. straight across, like almost if they were strong enough, you could climb them. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's neat. So Liren, his dad, is standing on the other side of this clump of uh, stumpweight trees. Yeah. And his son, so Kaladin, says to him, I'm going with you. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out we find out that Bright Lord Rashon has invited Liren to dinner uh, this night at the manor house. It's not, not and, much, uh, it's not much of an invite, bro. Like, <laughs> Liren gets invited over and when he shows up, he, oh, you're supposed to eat in the other room. What do you mean? Well, so hang on, so hang on, hang on. <laughs> I hang know, on. but this is, it's not this really is an invitation. It's, outra- it's, it's outrageous. So, 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 so they take this. So, okay. So I, again, I was reading a little bit into this. I was just, I was just sort of relaxed and enjoying this, this, this chapter. Yeah. So. So, so they get into this carriage and it describes that there are red cloth on the seats. Mm-hmm. It was the softest thing that Kaladin had ever touched. However, the ride was bumpy, almost worse than a wagon ride. And I couldn't help but read into this. Again, things aren't always what they seem. Right. This was this, you know, this beautiful carriage, beautiful seats. The colorful. most comfortable seats ever, yeah. but the ride sucked. <laughs> but the ride's terrible. So I just yeah. thought, wow, like I just thought I'm just reading into that theming again. Um and then Kaladin is saying to his dad, or at least he's questioning him uh, perhaps, he's like like why don't we just go? Like why haven't we gone already? Like to Carbranth or another Alethi town or yeah. to Kolinar. And then his dad says, Well, ultimately there's a tie between a man's home and his heart. And yeah. These people, they're mine, son, and I'm theirs. Like, I've spent time with them. I've, you know, brought their children um, uh, uh, to, 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 to term. Like, I've, I've seen the births of, of, of many of the children here and dealt with so many of their hardships. I'm, I'm connected. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to just pack up and go. This so, is, this is a, a complete um, juxtaposition of how Cal feels about his men. Liren feels for these townspeople how Kaladin feels for his men. So that's where he gets it from. He gets it from right. his dad. And right. his dad's exactly. commitment to the Hearthstonians. And Well, that's what this whole thing is, really, is like we're seeing just how much Kaladin has learned and is emulating his father. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Like, um, well, he's searching. This whole chapter, it's about Cal searching for his father's courage. Right. Like we get yep. to that a little later, but like he's, he only wants to go to be able to see if his dad will stand up to Roshan. You know, is he a coward? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he saw him be courageous with the, like when you said he showed him knowledge when they took the, um, the, the, the cloth away from the, uh, the spheres and shown it on the, the, the would be robbers. Um, he showed mm-hmm. courage then and Cal's like, you know, he, he did it once. But like he doesn't like fighting, and that's not courageous. Like Cal's got this skewed vision of what it means to be um, a, a good man and a courageous man, and I think Liren has some stuff to teach him about that. I think. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's said here that uh, they'd rather be alive, m- meaning the people uh, of the town, to curse at Liren a few mm-hmm. more days. Um, and it was also said here that where a man sets his spheres, that's where his heart is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So normally, if, if you put your money down, that's where your heart is. So if they come to you for services regarding surgery and need you uh, in a medical capacity, they are speaking with their spheres. Right. Now, now they don't pay you, so they're not really, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not putting their money where their mouth is, you know, so to right. speak. And so it's caused more, more, more problems, more hardship for them as a result. Yeah, These people aren't able to show gratitude, right? Because they're, 
the, the like you said they they used to be able to with you know paying money but now Rashawn doesn't want anybody to pay money doesn't or he want strongly anybody. advises no one to pay money not he doesn't to, tell them they're right. not allowed to but um it's the so now they're not able to show their gratitude but like you said earlier they're sneaking some food they they appreciate them and this is what i love is that you know when this exchange is happening in the carriage ride they um Liren asks Kaladin like wow like when did you become a man like you're you're got all this insight you're you're you know yeah. and then and then his response was you know when when you showed that bravery had nothing to do with a spear during mm-hmm. during the robbery yeah which was that awesome scene uh yeah, a couple a chapters ago freaking oh, yeah. drunken Liren you want these well, spears Lir- come and get them <laughs> yeah and oh the way he stood up to them was just unbelievable yeah um so we already covered the fact that the people are giving them food so even if you doubt their loyalty and if they appreciate you or you know um you just have to look at what they're doing ultimately with one hand they're they're willing to rob you or whatever but but at the same time they're leaving secret deposits of food so that you can keep doing what you're doing right at the very least they can't see other people in town suffer they might not be able mm. to stand up for you. They might still rob you, but at least they don't want you to right. starve to death. <laughs> right. They're literally doing the very basic thing that a good neighbor is supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they get inside the uh, mansion, the city lord's mansion, um, Rashon is already eating, dude. Yo, you guys want to come over for I dinner? Know. I'll be eating so, hey, for 10 <laughs> minutes by the time you show up. I- Hey, I've got one more. I've got one more thing to say, and I think I think maybe I'm I'm uh, beating a dead horse here, but um, when so so when they arrive at the manor house, it yeah. is describing the the gardens, and the gardens look amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it is it is noted that Rashon appears to be taking care of the grounds much more than his predecessor Wistio. Right. And again, I read into that again that. Rashon is more concerned with the way things appear right than the way things are and i can see it being um, the kind of thing well you're gonna stick me in this butt fuck nowhere town then at least i'm yeah. gonna make it look good yeah well again he's, he's about it seems like he's more about appearances than about substance he totally is yeah he totally is so in That's the vestibule, Zircon... I'm not giving away the story here i think that uh it's not a spoiler if i say that yes Rashon is an asshole that's not, I don't think that's going to, oh, okay. I don't think that's <laughs> good. And that's re- the very last lines of the book actually are, Rashawn's an asshole. Not a very likable guy. The, no. I mean, I got to say, I got to say these light eyes, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling the love here from these guys. No. Nope. Um, in the vestibule, Zircon spheres, uh, giving a pale blue light mm-hmm. and they are greeted by a servant in a long black coat, coat with a purple cravat, and this is Natir, yes. who is from Dalalak, and he's the, the servant of Roshon who replaced uh, Milev, who right. died. Yeah. yeah so they're led, the, to, uh... they're led to the dining room, and this is that scene that, that you were talking about, yeah. so they lead them to the dining room. Roshon is already seated, and he's already begun his meal. Yeah, he's eating, He's got dude. five dipping sauces in front of him. He's got wine of a deep crystalline orange. Uh, in front of him is this guy is this guy eating chicken nuggets from mcdonald's he's got like five dipping sauces in front of him oh i see "Mm, the dip i'll try the plum (laughs) i'll try the honey i'll try the barbecue sauce (laughs) these are gourmet gourmet chicken nuggets Uh, um (laughs) pick a fucking dip dude that's that's funny five dips (laughs) that's a little ostentatious (laughs) that's too much variety like you you pick honey mustard. You don't need honey and mustard. There's one that has both in them. You you don't need to have two extra dips <laughs> yeah, on the side. He's got it separate. He's got one honey and one, <laughs> one right. <mustard. laughs> just fucking use the one that's both. Like, just okay. pick a dip, dude. No, I want <laughs> them all. A, pick a dip, dude. I am a light eyes. I can have um, all the dips. <laughs> yeah. Natir gestures to a second table. Liren, boy, this is amazing. I love this. So he's gesturing to yeah. this other table to sit down, and Liren looks over at the other table, looks back at the main table, walks over and sits down and says, yeah. I am a second non. Surely you plan on following the precepts of rank 
uh, close enough to welcome me at your table. And Rashon clenches his teeth. I love this. Yeah. Um, so he sits down. Shits himself. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, and this and this is great too because Kaladin, once again, uh, is in this position of being uncomfortable by what his dad is doing. Right. Because Liren always seems to be weak. He's he's ignored by the people, and mm-hmm. and and he ignores uh, what they say about him. Um, it's because he's above um, it. It's not that he's weak. He's above it. He doesn't. No, I know. Fuck. But but to Kaladin, this is Kaladin's yeah. perspective. He's like right. he's like you know like my dad always appears weak, but he's really not. Like, um, like like he's told Kaladin that you um that he couldn't learn about weaponry and fighting. Yeah, he was not to be a he's not to be a soldier. But he sits down with someone who outranks him in wealth and power, and he doesn't flinch. Right. He's like, like a boss, dude. <laughs> he's a boss. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really, it's great. Um, Kaladin, it says here, during this exchange, this uncomfortable exchange between Liren and Rashon, Kaladin is putting his hands in his lap yeah. to keep them from betraying his nervousness. Mm-hmm. Liren well, it's a tense did moment, not, right? He didn't even eat. He didn't even eat during this exchange. No. Yeah, no, Liren didn't um, eat at all. He he sat there and watched Rashoni, which is sort of like a boss too. Oh, you're gonna invite me over? Sure, I'm gonna sit at your table, but I'm not gonna eat your shit dips. I'm not having any of these fucking dips. Not the honey, not the mustard, not even yeah. the honey mustard. If you bring it out, I'm not having any of them. <laughs> well, Rashoni says, "Well, I I had, I had wished to offer you the chance to eat in peace before we talked of serious matters, but you don't seem inclined to partake on my generosity." Yeah, and uh, and um, Liren's like, "No, I I don't," and he's like, "Very well." Yeah. Um, and then he just bluntly asks Liren, "How long do you think you can defy me? Your family is destitute." Yeah. Oh, and his response, this is amazing. Liren's response to this was something along the lines of, if, if we lack for something to eat, we can always feast upon the attention that you lavish upon us, right, Lord? <laughs> right, right. God, I love that. And then he it's says, fantastic. like, if it stops working here, we'll just leave. You know, and this gets back to what he, um, with um, Liren said to Cal earlier, was mm. like, you know, we don't have to be here. You could still go to Carbranth and learn, and we can just all live in Carbranth. Or we can go you to see, Alethkar, or or, or, or uh, like, or, or um, Kolinar, yeah. or we can go to Kolinar. any of these other cities. You know, like my shit's tight, dude. I'm a good surgeon, and anybody would be Cal- happy to have me. <laughs> Kaladin is is eyeing this guy, like he's he's taking yeah. this in. He's still at the table at this moment, so he's at the table and he's taking this in, and he's thinking, you know what, like this bright lord, he's not even a real light eyes. He's a reject. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like love I, this. I'll, and, and then inside he's thinking, he's thinking, like Calvin's thinking, I'm, I'm going to see real light eyes eventually, men of honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, of course, you know, his journey, it gets even worse, right? right. It doesn't get better. It, get, right. it gets worse. So, but even at this point, he's still thinking, he's still maintaining this idea that the light eyes are the honorable ones. Like these are the, these are men of, of honor and, uh, this is just an, an, an anomalous uh, person once again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I like this tactic from Rashon though. He's like, sure, you want to leave and you want to go somewhere? He's like, I'm going to contact the city lord of wherever you go and I'm going to tell him that you stole right. the spheres. And Liren's like, you know that I'll win that inquest. Like, like, like a friggin' baller, man. You, you, you can do, I feel like this is that moment in like every legal drama where like one lawyer tries to bluff another lawyer and that lawyer is like, go ahead, do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, call, I'm calling your bluff. Yeah. It's like, it's been seen on, um, it's been seen on every like episode of LA Law. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true. I mean, I I think that you know Liren is in a comfortable position in, uh, you know, sort of dealing with this light eye, um, mm-hmm. with with it, with his tactics and his and his threats. He's he's not really feeling threatened by this guy at all. Um, yeah. He tell he tells Kaladin because Kaladin's not really so much for the food that's being served. It's it's a little bit spicy, no. and and his father is like, well, we're we're a second on, so we deserve to be served what we what we want so he says to his son please go to the kitchen and get get something more more to your taste um so kaladin does get up and and do this well there's Um, a sorry there's a part here where um i want to hit on before we get away um rashon's 
Um, it says, Liren says that he probably would win the inquest. And it says that the Voren legal codes of citizenship afford men of essential function to a town some rights and protections. So because he's an essential worker, he, he gets the protection, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he... That's right. Um, Rashon really, really thinks that he stole these spheres. And Liren's like, I got proof, bitch. I got paperwork and I got word from Wistio's scribes. Like, I have all the stuff. You, you keep harping on me, but I have it all. So go ahead. Um, and then there's a part here I want to read. So he says, uh, 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 Rashon says, I'm not asking if you're intimidated. I'm asking if you're starving. And then, right. Liren, and then it goes, not by any means, Liren said. If we lack for something to eat, we can feast upon the attention that you love us upon us. Yeah, you said that yeah. already. I don't, know yeah, why yeah. My, I don't know why my notes are so far. We'll just cut all this. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. <laughs> hey, well, remember wait, what you it, said it, five episodes it, ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good line, right? It's, 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 a, yeah, uh, it it's, what, it's what caught me uh, in the text. It's a great yeah. line. And uh, I think, you know, keeping... Uh, keeping this guy on his toes, uh, like Liren, uh, just sh- just shows no fear, doesn't flinch, can't really be shaken by Rashon. Right. Yeah, so Rashon wants the, to make that, a deal with that's him. That's the right? real takeaway. Yeah, he he wants to make a deal with him, and this is sort of when it sort of ties into when uh, he's asking Kaladin to go. This is the worst deal making ever. He's like, I'll take nine tenths of the spheres. Yeah, and you can keep the rest. <laughs> yeah, you can keep the one tenth, and yeah. uh, I don't think Liren liked that deal. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways, something fascinating happens when Kaladin goes to the kitchen. Yes. So he he does get up and go and leaves his father to discuss this supposed deal with Rashon. Yeah, and he thinks when, that when his he, dad's going to give in to the up, deal, and he starts crying, and then he's embarrassed about crying, and. Yeah, when, when he gets up, he says he felt like one of the ten fools, like Kabin, who right. acted like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, he sees, uh, when he goes into, um, when he goes into the kitchen, Wistio's chef Barm is there, and uh, he immediately knows why he's been sent back. It's because of the spicy food, and mm-hmm. he uh, calls for some fruited talu rice to be served. That uh, sounds good, for, right? It does. It sounds yeah. really good. To, I, think, to, I think I uh, want some for to sure. Kaladin. Oh yeah. There's a um, fruited. There's a Lebanese uh, shawarma shop down on uh, on uh, Green Bank over here that we hit up, mm. and they do a uh, um, like a fragrant brown rice with like saffron, and I think there's like cinnamon or something in it. Oh fuck, it's so good. Uh, this is not even the podcast to be hungry. talking about this. Maybe we have to have a food <laughs> podcast just to talk about food. <laughs> Rashon's so uh, son, Relier, saunters into the kitchen with Laurel, who is the daughter of Wistio. This is a punch to the and, gut, eh? And when Relier steps in, this, so this, this uh, uh, light eyes uh, son, he says to Kaladin, who's sitting down waiting for his uh, talu rice, or maybe just had just received it, he says, go get us some supper. And Kaladin's like, well, I'm not. I'm not kitchen staff. Go on. T- uh, t- t- go on. Tell him, Laurel. And then Laurel is like, "Go on, boy. Do as you're told. We're hungry." <laughs> like, Kaladin must have like lost his mind. He says, "I'm not an errand boy. I'm a surgeon. I'm not going to be yeah. bullied by you, dude." Relier doesn't even know who works in his house. He like, right. hey, random yeah. guy, go get me some random food. Guy. You must work go here. Go get me some food. That's how oblivious yeah. he is to the people around him. He doesn't even know who the kitchen staff is. Yeah, this is brutal. And and it does, doesn't doesn't even matter to him when he says that he's the surgeon's son. Doesn't click yeah. in. The fact that he's second non doesn't matter to this light eyes. No. Again, it's this this real heavy sort of sort of casts uh, system. Um, yeah, Cal says here, um, kind of an important moment. He says, that's not my calling. And then I think right. he thinks to himself or he says out loud, my calling is to make sick people better. And right. then this seems to be the moment when Cal decides, you know what? I'm not going to be a soldier. I'm going to be a, a surgeon like my dad. Well, and, his dad, uh, come. Oh, I, I think eventually... 
Relier and and uh, Laurel leave the kitchen, mm-hmm. and Liren comes in and notices that uh, that Kaladin uh, ha- hasn't eaten because he lost his appetite. <laughs> yeah, both of them. Both of them aren't so, hungry. I guess they're, they're not not hungry. So the carriage ride home, Kaladin reveals, Dad, I I want to be a surgeon. Yeah. Um. After all, and he's like, he's like, I don't want to run away and I, go to the army. And Liren's and like, like oh, what? You were, you were, you were actually thinking about army? that? And he's like, yeah, I was, I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. What, what, what made you change? Um, and then Kaladin's response is something like, I, I need to know how they think. Right. Um, and then we get another bomb. We get the bomb we've been dropped, waiting for. Dropped on us. And the bomb is... That Liren did indeed take the spheres yeah. from Wistio. Yeah, he did. He says he that uh, Cal and Laurel because... were supposed to be married, but uh, with Wistio being sick, Laurel wasn't old enough yet to be. Um, she was like promised, but like they weren't. She wasn't old enough yet to, for them to be engaged, right? And right. Um, any new city lord, it doesn't matter who it was, Rashon, anybody else that came in, no new city lord was going to hold up that promise because of all the money she's worth. We find out mm-hmm. she's worth a lot of money. Yeah. So it yeah, makes this, sense. Th- th- this, this was crazy. I couldn't believe this when I was reading it. Um, like they say in this chapter, today- I think that Sadius um, gives her a dowry for all the land in the mansion that they end up giving to Rashon because it's supposed to be hers, but they need a new city lord in. They uh, Sadius like makes a dowry for. Her. So not only does she have Wistio's wealth, she has this amazing dowry now that Sadius mm-hmm. gave her for like for the price of the land and stuff. So she's worth lots of money. Yeah, she's worth lots of money. Um, we find out from Liren that today's meeting was about giving the appearance. Again, mm-hmm. things aren't always what they seem. This is conniving, uh, dude. Giving this is conniving. So Liren yeah. purposefully went to meet with Rashon and purposefully uh, faked this kind of "I'm going to make a deal with you," but ultimately didn't. Yeah. Um, because it was about making the appearance of desperation to Rashon. Yeah. So the dad is playing Rashon all the way. Um, it is. It does say in the text, this is the flip. The villain becomes the hero. The hero is the villain. Right. Uh, it, it, either incredibly brave or incredibly wrong. Right. Kaladin is struggling to figure this out. What do you, what do you think? The, um, Liren's kind of been sitting on a high horse this whole time. And, uh, you well, know, about this... killing and about, you know, what you do and what you don't do and, like, not charging people. He's kind of lived his life as this, like, model person. And now we find out that he stole the fucking spheres, dude. Well, I mean, you know, what's, what's at the center of the sphere? A gemstone. Uh, right. The gemstone has many sides. So, the, and the, this chapter is called Sides. Um, right. That's what we're seeing here is another side to Liren. And um, it's not maybe the most pleasant side it's it, i was surprised to know that he's but but again even him stealing the spheres he is very confident they would have gone to him anyway had wistio been able to secure his um inheritance uh before he became compromised in his uh failing health yeah okay? yeah he, so he, it's like it's that's not exactly really says, like right? he snuck in the night and secured it's not like he you know uh, you know. If he had been lucid and he had been of, of his right mind, he would have willingly given the money to yeah. send Ka- Kaladin. Yeah. Absolutely, that's like, it. So, but he so didn't. In, in that respect, he, he he overstepped. He overstepped acting on something that he knew would have happened, mm-hmm. but technically didn't happen. So right, um, it's 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 stealing. It's stealing. It's stealing. Yeah, it's stealing. But um, but let's be honest, it's stealing like Robin Hood steals, right? Like Rashawn, well, no, having not, met Rashawn now, you're like, this guy didn't deserve these spheres. 
Prince John comes in and thinks he's the oh, big Rishon. shit. Like, they ha- like going to Rashon, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah, that's true. Right. No, so you're he right. Saved there, there those is an fears, element of that. Uh, Sorry, what? No, you're right. There, there is an element of that that uh, when you sort of uh, related it to Robin Hood, because Rashon clearly is not the kind of person that you would no. want to hand over these spheres to. Um, or England. But it's not exactly it's not exactly so black and white either. Um, in terms of how I felt as a reader, deciding whether or not uh, Liren was a thief, because to Kaladin, he jumped to that conclusion immediately. He says, right. wow, I'm, I'm in a family of thieves. <laughs> and, and he actually referred to his family, like, what did Tien do? What did Hasina do? Actually, it turns out his mom knew about it as well. Right. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, this, this was a really interesting, uh, way to end the chapter and it actually, I think that this is, this is when Kaladin really becomes a man and he says, I want to start using my, my full name. Yeah. This and is his, awesome. His dad says, very well, Kaladin. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome, I love that ending, um, for that it chapter. Says, um, it says he'd always disliked how it sounded like the name of a light eyes, but now it seemed to fit. Right, because now it seemed to fit because now he feels guilty that he's done mm-hmm. something wrong, which light eyes tend to do. So it's kind of like, wow, I've I've just taken a step towards being a light eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other maybe th- that's the super important thing that happens in this chapter is that Cal decides he wants to be a surgeon, not a fighter. Like he yeah. makes that decision. He's like, I don't know what I was thinking my whole life, but I want to be just like you. Yeah. Which is really awesome. It's so funny how, you know, at the start of the chapter, it's, you know, he's 15. The start of the chapter, it's like, I'm going to be a soldier. No, wait. I'm, you know, one event happens to him. You know, a, a, a girl. He goes to a, a dinner party that, and doesn't I, eat. Well, a, a, <laughs> Go ahead, say a girl, a girl that he had feelings for, uh, didn't, um, you know, has a new uh, boyfriend. Behave. Has a new boyfriend. Did, didn't react very well to him. So he's like, "Screw That's it. I'm it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to become. I'm going to become a surgeon." It's just it, there's a little bit of like, there could be a hormonal imbalance going on here with Kaladin. Um, I don't know. I'll show I, her. I just, I, yeah, I'll show. Her. No, I think uh, to be honest with you, it's a great, great chapter. I didn't come up with an alternate uh, uh, name for it, although I really should have because. Jeez, uh, sides. I don't know. One of the things that I like in the at the end of this chapter here is he says that he'll pay those spheres back. Yeah, he does say that, doesn't he? He's he's determined to pay those spheres back to Laurel because ultimately, mm-hmm. yes, those spheres might have ended up in Roshan's hands, but they were they belong to Laurel, and mm-hmm. Cal feels a little bit guilty about that. Yeah, this is... So, uh, yeah. Chapter 38. This was a great this chapter. Is the, this is the, the next chapter. chapter 38. This, how this do you, is a... How do you say the, the chapter name? You say it first. Uh, Invisager. Invisager. That's what I said, too. So I just wanted Invisager. to make sure... Okay, it's funny. I listen to the audiobooks as well as yep. read the books, and sometimes yep. I still don't remember how to say words. <laughs> I'm not as bad as Mike, you know, but... <laughs> Um, well this this okay, quote so, at the yeah. beginning is is kind of cool um um not certain about the translation it says on the bottom part of the quote and again the bottom part we now find out are the uh females uh uh taking down the dictation and making their thoughts and their corrections if need be at the bottom of the of the text i love that um yeah so it says, not certain about the translation, find the original source and translate it myself, perhaps. Um, I like this. Um, showing the initiative that these women are taking with regards to the chronicling of the info. Mm-hmm. So uh, born, from, uh, born from the darkness, they bear its taint still marked upon their bodies, much as the fire marks their souls. Mm-hmm. That's the quote. Yeah. Kaladin is floating 
in a persistent fever, sweats, hallucinations. Yeah, he's having major hallucinations um, right now. He's like flipping back and forth from like, um, from what happened the, the, the day that the, they did side carry. Like he's having visions of the battle and like what happened. And he's also getting like these visions. He's almost like um, able to somehow know all of his injuries on his body and like kind of like as a mantra start saying the treatments for all those like the cracked rib and the cuts and it's kind of weird he's kind of like in like a weird state where he's rambling off what the doctor should be doing to him yeah oh yeah this whole scene this this is quite amazing because he's he's lucid he's 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 conscious he's not um these are these are ravings these are ramblings yeah and and he just he he's like you know uh it's like it it starts off persistent fever accompanied by cold sweats and hallucinations likely cause is infected wounds clean with antiseptic toward away rotspren keep the subject hydrated mm-hmm. and then and then it goes on to give you some text you know back in hearthstone with his family and then a little later it says broken ribs caused by trauma to the side inflicted by a beating wrap the chest and prevent the subject from taking part in strenuous activity like it's it's his training right as a surgeon that is kind of coming to the forefront of his consciousness yeah it's like he's triaging himself for like yeah that's that's how that's how i was i was looking at it it's, it's really a, really cool yeah i, it's I really, really like the way they mr they uh, brandon mr sanderson does a good, really good it's the first time i think i've actually used it like that brandon. I mean, I've Mr. said Mr. Sanderson, Sanderson, but I don't know if I've said Brandon Mr. Sanderson properly. Um, he does a really good job of showing the fever state here with like the um, the visions. Mm-hmm. So he's floating back from these this triage uh, um, italics to um, the memories of growing up and memories of the battle and back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. between all these things. And it's um, it's really it really captures how Cal's probably feeling. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just reading on page, uh, in the paperback, page 688. This is really great. It's, again, it's, it's the italic, so it's him, you know, give, giving himself the, the, the surgical advice, the, the medical mm-hmm. advice. Lacerations on face, arms, and chest. Outer layer of skin stripped away in several patches caused by prolonged exposure to high storm winds. Bandage mm-hmm. wounded areas apply a denocax salve to encourage new skin growth. But then it goes to what he's feeling and it says time was passing a lot of it he should be dead why wasn't he dead he wanted mm-hmm. to lie back and let it happen but no he had failed tn he'd failed goshel he had failed his parents he had failed dalit dear dalit he would not fail bridge four he would not so it's going through his emotional state and then right. back to giving medical advice right I really so back to like his, that medical like advice again, and then it flips to he keeps bringing this up. Bridgman weren't supposed to survive. It's like he's mm-hmm. tr- trying to puzzle out this thing in his head. Well, that's that's going to haunt him, right? Because he knows he's taking on the responsibility of that lost battle. I mean, what h- hundreds of people, hundreds of soldiers died that day. Yeah, I think it was maybe even more. Maybe even more. So that's. That's a lot to carry. Like that battle, that was a major loss to Sadius. Mm-hmm. And, and why? Because he did a daring shield maneuver carrying a bridge yeah. across a chasm. Yeah. It caused and a it lot of chaos. Awesome. Yeah. It was amazing to, to I, I got to say, wow, like three, three steps forward or one step forward, three steps back. You know, that's been the struggle of this whole uh, bridge for component to this wonderful wonderful book um you know it's just it's just the as you know it's just the goof of all time when you when you're looking for this character you're trying to get behind this character you know he's got great ideas he's slowly but surely got the men coming out of themselves they're there's there's, they're using their their names they're having conversations they're eating well applying the antiseptic they're 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 tending to their wounded they're inspiring some of the other people adjacent to them around in the camps and they pull off this amazing maneuver to to survive like 
That's all they wanted to do. That's all Kaladin wanted to do. It's all the men wanted to do was, was to yeah. survive. And even in that, in survival, it resulted in chaos and death of others. Like, yeah. that's a really tough, that's a tough one. It's going to haunt him for... Yeah, I think it will too. Quite some time. So yeah, we, um, um, we see the death spren, or he sees death spren. And yeah, this is, are this is fist-sized black with many legs many and legs. deep red eyes that glowed. <laughs> they leave trails of burning light. Voices were whispers, scratchy sounds like paper being torn. Only yeah, I wrote the that dying down. I love could that. see them. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then we get the, I love the um, paper being torn description. I love that. Yeah, it's kind of creepy, eh? Yeah. Is that um, uh, Brandon, Mr. Sant? I don't like this draft. Rip. Yeah. And then we get the last line of defense of Syl. Um, she is a tiny figure of light, not translucent, but of pure light. Stood on his chest, holding a sword made of light, defending Cal. It's, um, mm-hmm. it might be one of the best scenes, this part anyways. Uh, it's such a great little moment with Syl. She's, um, she's so wonderful. She's like, I love uh, seeing, you know, um, I, I pictured her like, like a, like a little, um, you know, paladin warrior on his chest, you know, fighting off these yeah. horrible monsters. Like, like this, as I, again, like I, I was literally picturing a monstrous battle and here it is yeah. like, okay. So at the bottom of page 688 is when this description of the death sprint starts and it, it ends on page 689. It's what, like 700, a thousand words, you know, it's. It's nothing, and yet all I could yeah. imagine cinematically is this battle being, you know, filmed. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was a great, uh, um, a great yeah, visual a, sort of component. So, yeah, there, there weren't a lot of Desperin, um More and if more. If there's each any, time. Uh, if there's any listeners out there that um, are, um, you know. Um, into art and doing fan art can you guys do like i'm let's put the oh. let's put the community out here can you guys do i would love to see like a Syl, scene a battle of still standing friend? on cal's chest fighting off death spren can we get that please because that would be fucking amazing to see yeah it would be yeah we we can't pay you this is just for fun <laughs> yeah. not um, yet not yet can't pay you yet maybe maybe eventually um but so we get a change of pov and we get back to our our friend Taft. I love me some Taft. Okay, yes. Change of, change of point of view on this very short mm-hmm. chapter, but very meaningful chapter. Yeah. Um, Taft enters the barracks at midday. Um, everyone knows about Kaladin being sent out for judgment from the Stormfather from Sadius. Uh, some yeah. of the soldiers are coming round to take a look at Kaladin. Even Gaz has come and snorted in amusement. Uh, I do like this that... that that Kaladin's story has become a source of amusement for Gaz. It's yeah. kind of like, it's like a hero of legend. It's like, wow, like, really? Like, you survived? Oh my, it's like, you're, you're, you're almost shaking your head like this can't be real. Yeah. Um, so that I found really, really cool. Um, people, people all I, over the I also camp like start the, talking about it, right? It's not just a story yeah. for Gaz. Well, yeah. Well, because like these other soldiers are coming in to, yeah. like, to see him. When I heard, the, um, when I read but, this. But I love this. Like they're, they're keeping him at the back of the barracks yeah, at the far back so that mm. he's the most protected. So if anybody yeah. does come in, they got to walk through the entire barracks to get to him. Right. And they always leave someone with them always. And he's always guarded. Yeah. I, um, I they're, like thinking of this. Their, I love it. This whole like a uh, story gets out in the camps of Kaladin's survival. And I, I, I think about your theory on this, like not in the, uh, not in the text theory that the, um, the carpenters are like cheering for, for, um, for, for Cal. Yeah. And like when he opens his eyes yeah. and word gets to them that Kaladin Stormblessed is alive, you see like two, <laughs> two carpenters high five. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> like they yeah. love him, right? They're so proud yeah, of him. Totally. We're yeah. going to build him the best well, bridge. I, I, I still, I still say there, there were, well, because they were, you know, uh, it, it, it's about, it's about dropping a, um, a pebble in a pond, right? Like you're right. looking for that ripple effect and it's going to affect the people closest to you first. And, and that lumberyard 
is right close to their barracks. Yeah. Right? It's my so new favorite it, piece of, uh, of headcanon is this relationship, this secret side relationship that Kaladin with the, has with the, with the carpenters. carpenters. <laughs> it's like fanfic. You could write some fanfic where, you know, the, the two carpenter guys are like, you know, talking about him. Oh, did you see that he did side carry? That was fucking awesome. Like, yeah, side they, carry. Yeah, they the little secretly kids. talk about him all the time yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The little yeah. kids are like picking up like a rowboat. And uh, or and a robot like a carry. like a like like some sort of canoe, and they're like they're carrying it with their buddies. Ah, we're gonna do a side carry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. um so yeah, he uh, says that n- so far nobody's tried to stop them, right? Um, uh, for caring for Kaladin, but um, because the whole like camp heard, uh, Sadius say, "Let the storm judge him," and because he survived, he should be allowed to live now. But they, mm-hmm. like you said, they can't be, they can't be too cautious. So they're trying to keep him protected and stuff. So well, um, Tef, Tef knowing that, um, uh, so Tef, it says, uh, he, uh, he, he heard, he heard Kaladin mumble about dark shapes. Yeah. And, uh, um, he didn't seem to see me, but he saw something. And Tef's like death spren, so he uh, he knows how serious yeah. this is. Um, right, he's and close. Then he's, t- he's yeah, he's taking over from a guy called Scar, I think. Yeah, who is watching over Kaladin. Um, the next event that happens is pretty insane. Well, Tef says, um, "Why now? Why here?" Yeah. Remember last episode we talked about how Why here um, and so many, said like after so many have watched and waited, you come here, right? Remember we we mm-hmm. said before that Teft had mentioned that you know uh, one stone that should be a light that's not is one impossibility. A man who should be dead that isn't is another. But together they bespoke of something even more impossible. Remember I told you that Teft mm-hmm. kind of was hinting at something. Well, we get a confirmation mm-hmm. here that Teft was part of some kind of group called the Envisagers and they had been, yeah. they were looking and waiting for something like this. This is the whole reason why they were created. And uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of backstory on Teft here. He was part of something and he also says he can't even tell the Envisagers because they're all gone. They're all dead because of something he did. So there's a little bit more. Yeah. Of, uh, like that's a little later on here, but he he says, like, you know, I wish I could tell someone about this because this is amazing, but there's literally no one left. They're all dead because of me. So whatever that means. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's a story that we'll get maybe one day. Um, mm-hmm. But he brings, he brings these, uh, these diamond um, spheres to Kaladin mm-hmm. and places them in his hand. Because he's wondering if these stories and legends were true. Right. Um, so he presses the spheres into Kaladin's hand, wrapping the limp fingers around them. Uh, Tef sat back on his heels. What would happen? All the envisagers had were stories and legends, fool's tales, Teft had called them, idle dreams. Yeah. I like how uh, Teft curses him out here. He said, you bastard, you storming bastard. You took a bunch of hanged men and lifted them up just enough to breathe. And now you're going to leave them. I won't have it. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, Kaladin gasps suddenly, drawing in a short, quick breath. The glow in his hand fades. Teft uh, freezes. Wisps of light begin to rise from Kaladin's body. Um, so indeed my suspicion from quite a while ago was correct. Mm-hmm. He is absorbing stormlight and this, um, is basically healing him, I think, or at least giving him some, some power. Um, his Kaladin's eyes snapped open and they're leaking light as well. Mm-hmm. Um, wisps, uh, around, um, the corner of his eyes exposing the cuts on his chest. Yeah, they a start to uh, the, close themselves. They pull, yeah, they start healing. Um, and then all of a sudden the light's gone. Then it's gone. Yeah, and Tef says like he'll have to give Kaladin some spheres every day 
but not too many because he doesn't want anyone being suspicious that he right, healed so quickly. Suspicious. So unfortunately, right. he has to let him suffer longer to heal right. slower, which sucks. But he says, my, my God, uh, almighty cast from heaven to dwell in our hearts. It is true. He bowed his head to the rock floor, squeezing his eyes shut, tears leaking from their corners. Why now, he thought again, why here? And in the name of all heaven, why me? Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Really, Can really, I point out really great a little part. something here, some imagery that we have? Um, if you yeah, were to look do. in your book between um, Cal's part of the chapter and Tef's part of the chapter, there is this change of scene, change of PV, uh, 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 POV symbol. POV, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And it is three diamonds. And yeah, three Teft diamonds. places three small diamond three, spheres. Three diamond in spheres. Cal's hand. Now, did so. did the did the POV shape cha- change from other POVs? Um, no, no, no. It's the same no, it's symbol. Diamonds. Right, same it's symbol. A, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was kind so of fitting cool. that when we first see Cal do this, Teft is giving him yeah. three small diamonds in his hand. Yeah, it's yeah. neat. It is really neat. <laughs> yeah that so. is super cool dude that's it's that's amazing yeah it's what a, what that's a great really chapter cool. totally amazing these 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 envisage uh, these envisagers um he says and i need to tell the envisagers he thought i need to the envisagers were gone dead because of what he had done mm-hmm. if there were others he had no idea how to locate them who would he tell who would believe him Kaladin himself probably didn't understand what he was doing. Right. Best to keep it quiet, at least until he could figure out what to do about it. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so great. Chapter, that's another two chapters done, my friend. Yeah, I got us some info dump. Info dump. Info dump. Info dump. (laughs) Give me an I. Give me an N. Okay. Um, (laughs) No cheerleader. Dump spren. Give me a dump. <laughs> give me a dump spren from your dump spren. Give me an I. Give me an N. Give me an F. Give me an O. Give me a dump. Give me a dump. Dump spren. Spren. Um, you know, I feel I feel a little disconnected from the community from this uh, because, of course, I can't. I'm in this like locked position. I can't. Yeah, yeah. You're you're in sequester, dude. You can't talk to anyone. I'm in sequester. Nobody. I can't talk to anybody because they're gonna tell me something about the series, and I'm gonna yeah. find it. Oh my god. Sorry, dude. Sorry, no, dude. Man. I uh, I'd but love for, it if for you any... could, but everyone's well, talking about if... Rhythm Award right now, so you're not missing anything about Way of Kings. So oh yeah, the yeah. new book. Oh, my yeah. Gosh. So, so okay, so okay. here's the info dump. Um, the oh, yeah. dinner table at their house is made from cob wood. Which yep, that was we've nice. had that term before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. had that before. Cal is peeling long roots, and long roots are brown roots that are dirty on the outside, and they st- they're sticky on the inside. And working Ew. with them made your fingers coated with thick layers of creme. Um, Hasina, Cal's mom, Silt. tells him yeah. you should have washed them before you started peeling them. Um, <laughs> so this is in, in this case, if you don't want creme creme hands, you listen to your mom. Uh, they uh, they grow in cracks in the stone where water collected, and um, Cal's family are growing these roots because they're cheap and they're easy. So and they fill your belly. Um, you talked about the stump weight trees already, which were knobby, tall as a man. Um, they're cool. Uh, we have uh, shale bark. There's in the um, the garden that uh, Roshan has like kind of tended to in the Wistio's old palace. Um, there is this variety of colors of shale bark. Um, there's oranges and reds and blues and yellows. It uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like it would be like this amazing sight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When Cal leaves dinner crying, he says that he feels like one of the ten fools, like you pointed mm-hmm. out. Um, there's mm-hmm. ten fools. Interesting, but mm-hmm. the number ten comes up again. Ten comes yep. up a lot. In ten this heralds. Book, so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe a fool for each herald or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I liked or how kids' wit. meal is literally flatbread with t- uh, fruited tallow rice. It sounds like kids' meals are like Mediterranean yeah. food, <laughs> right? Like yeah, 
Yeah. Like more like Greek food and then men's food is like Thai food and spicy Persian food and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The good stuff. Anyways, yeah, mm. that's the uh that's the end of the info dump. Well, now that we know what, what creme is made of, if somebody does offer you from the kitchen of a light eyes uh, creme brulee, you just say, no, thank you. <laughs> creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Because <laughs> creme, creme brulee on earth, sure. Creme brulee on Rochar, no Not thanks, so much. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> gross brulee. That's what it should be called. It should be called a yeah. gross brulee. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if uh, anybody wants to uh, support the show, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash heroes of. Um, you can reach out to us on uh, our Facebook page called The Storm Pod. We've been getting, uh, been talking a lot of people on Facebook, and uh, some people are uh, getting us some feedback. We'll talk about that a little later there, Jackie. Um, mm-hmm. we, uh, you can reach out to us on Heroes of One on Twitter or um, on uh, Instagram at Heroes of Acathra. Um. Yeah, that's it, dude. Um, we are that's on it, the next dude. two chaps, chapter thirty-nine two chaps. and forty. I think we got double Shalon chapters coming up here. Ooh, double Shalon, really? Yeah. Oh, I lovely. Think, no, that's I see, not oh, true. I see I Shalon's name on pay on the beginning. So chapter thirty-nine burned, burned into her. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So chapter thirty-nine is Shalon, and chapter forty is Kaladin. So we get back to Cal. Cool. Okay. Well, I um, I'm I excited. hope you have a nice rest of the week, buddy. Um, we will talk soon. I'm sure we're gonna do some role playing. I will till we next uh, till we next pod. Yeah, to next. Yes, till next pod. Till next pod. Take care, Spranheads. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack J. Phil. Mike and Sean, the heroes of Hakathra.